What up, y'all? Welcome to Diamond Download. Wait, I should do the Disney thing. <laughs> Did you see those? No. Oh, wait, you're too old. You know what Disney is? Like Disney Channel, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah. I've got a three-year-old daughter who watches nothing but Disney. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, they used to do the thing where it'd be like, "I'm Cardinal Mason, and you're watching Disney Channel." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I do remember. I mean, like. I, I remember like this one show called like Mike's Super Short Show. I remember like his intro. Yeah, I remember the Disney thing. I remember it. Anyway, well, I am Cardinal Mason, and you are watching <laughs> Diamond Download, and that's Chase Diamond over there. No way, Diamond. How's it going, bro? Oh man, it's been a week. Uh, between you're not feeling well, I'm not feeling well. The events in the world have really broken my heart. It's been a it's been a hard week. This is one of two things I haven't canceled. I canceled everything else trying to be present in what's going on in the world, trying to be present at home and just haven't been sleeping. I've not been feeling well. It's, I'm I'm sad. What about you? Same, man. Same. I, I know that um, you and your fam are definitely affected by it. So praying for you guys, praying for everybody who's who's going through it right now. Um, this is probably, I know it's Q4. I know we're supposed to be sprinting, but this is probably a good time to take a little bit of a rest. Honestly, if you're just like, give yourself permission to do that. I think it's important that people know that that's an option. Um, yeah. But well, uh, let's open with the other thing that you didn't cancel. So this is one of two things you didn't cancel. Diamond Download was the other one. Yeah. So I gave a talk this morning at D2CX. Um, and I plan on building like this elaborate deck and doing this whole thing. And then this morning and last night when I was building the deck, I was like, oh man, it's only 20 minutes. It's only a 20 minute talk. Like, what am I supposed to say for 20 minutes? And just given everything else in the world, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try my best. So I actually ran a talk that Jimmy and I did from Sendlane. I took my parts of it and some of the questions I got at his event. And I just put together a deck and it was kind of a cool and interesting one. Like I talked about like personalization, but more so around like the collection of data for personalization. I think everyone talks about, oh, do personalization, but no one actually tells you like, how do you collect the data points for personalization? So you know, without going too much into it, you know, I talked about like leveraging forms, both like pop-ups and signups and, you know, embedded forms and flyouts to try to understand things around like the gender of the person, who they're shopping for, what they're looking for. I talked about things like behavioral tagging. So what are people clicking? What are they doing on your website? You know, within your email, are they clicking on your header nav that says like bestsellers or are they talking about, you know, the sale? Like what gets them to click? Um, you know, the buttons, the links, what categories, products, and pages do they view? So I talked about all that, talked about a couple other things like those that purchased, those that left reviews, those that abandoned checkout, and those attributes. And then I talked a lot about like, how do you manage and segment your audience? And how do you leverage the data that you've collected to serve people content? And then like, how do you distinguish between, let's say like a 90-day clicker, someone that's clicked or open in, in 90 days, so someone's clicked a link in the last 90 days, like the content that you should serve those people, whether they bought versus haven't purchased is very different. So I just kind of went to that. And then I kind of ended with like the future of email. Um, so I, I didn't want to give the whole presentation now, but that was kind of what I talked about and got some great feedback. It was a little bit more like Q&A style where I kind of presented a question and then I answered it with a bunch of examples. And it was cool. I'm probably going to run this talk back at some point. I liked it. Nice. Do you have like a recording or is that just like you had to be there kind of thing? Um, I think they've recorded it. I don't know when it's going to go out, but this is honestly one that like I really like. I got I've done it twice now. I've got great feedback on it. It's probably something I want to do as a standalone in the future, make it a little bit longer. So they have the recording of it, and it was cool. If I get it, I'll send it to you. 
All right, cool. Good stuff, man. Um, yeah, this one's gonna be pretty technical, I guess. I didn't realize that DTCX was that technical too, but I'm curious, like, do you enjoy doing events? Like you've been putting on, I mean, you you put on a bunch of events in the last couple of years. Um, what does it do for the brand? Like, why why do you choose to do these? Um, do you like do you do you like them? I do and I don't. I have a love hate. I feel really burnt out right now just doing them all the time. And I'm going to start saying no more often. Uh, the other edge of that is like once I do them and once people like in the comment section of the talk or message me or post photos after, it just gives me life again. So it's like I just do all of these and I'm like, people are done hearing me talk. Like I don't want to hear my voice. They don't want to hear my voice. And then I get the, the feedback and it's just overwhelming. It just makes me feel like time spent was really worth it. I'll probably stop doing as many. I've noticed that like whether we do this podcast or whether I do a newsletter, whether I do social content, I feel like the ROI there when I actually own the medium and own the content is a lot greater. Because like for D2CX, like every time I do it every year, dude, I drive 1,000, 1,200, 1,400 people. Like I'm driving a quarter or a third of the entire event attendance every time I talk. So it's like, man, if I just did it for myself and I controlled it and I got other speakers to talk, but it's a lot more work. So I love doing it. I'm pretty burnt out. And I wanted to focus a little bit more on my own channels where I have that direct access to my audience. I don't even know how many people were live today. I saw like dozens of comments and I got a bunch of messages, but I don't, I didn't see how many people were live and I couldn't see who they were. So I like doing them. Gorgeous is a partner of mine. So that's why I did it. But I'm starting to say no to a lot more coming up. Interesting. All right. Good to know. What about you? I know I know you spoke at a few of mine that have done in the past, like a copywriting summit and something else. And you do like your weekly webinars. Was that was that DTCX last year that I did? You might have you might have done that one. I know you did one or two for me. I think one of one of mine with Nick and then one I did with like Rob and them. I know you've done like one or two for me. You might have also done DTCX. I don't know. I can't remember what the one what was the one that you did with Nick called? Um I forgot. That was like Three, uh, three to six months ago, maybe six months ago, nine months ago. I don't know, man. To be honest, okay, I yeah, I don't remember either. You, you've spoken, I think, at two of mine, and it's been great. But outside yeah. of that, you kind of do what I'm talking about. Like you control the narrative, you control the platform. Every Thursday afternoon slash evening, depending on where you're at, you do your own weekly webinar. But do you do? I guess you do a couple podcasts, like podcasts, virtual events, live events. What's your take? Oh, I love doing podcasts. Those are cool. Um, I mean, really like the, the key for me now is to like get clips and stuff. So like yeah. if I, if I'm on camera saying something cool, <laughs> then that's really all that matters. So, um, yeah, I just did a podcast actually shout out Andre Sanchez, um, virtual ventures. Really, really cool. That'll come out soon. Um, yeah, dude, I, I like doing stuff like that. I think it's cool. It, it really helps connect with people. It's the same as like going live on TikTok. It's like, or Instagram, like yesterday I went live on Instagram and like, I have an agency mostly just building my Instagram. So I don't really connect with those people very yeah. much. I also have someone in my DMs. So like, it's kind of like, I just post and leave, but like going live, like really helps you sort of understand the platform a little bit better and, and like get to know people. And so like Twitter spaces, Instagram live, TikTok live. I think all that stuff is really good if you're trying to build a brand because it gets people to know you really well. Yeah. And I think like with that, like I would, my answer was more around like virtual events and live events. And those are cool, but like, there's a lot of work. Dude, you have to build decks and then you have to, practice the deck and then you have to give the deck and then you have to have for q and I love like these podcasts where you literally send me five minutes before, sometimes during, sometimes 10 minutes before the topics. Like I don't have much time to prep. I love this stuff. Like I don't want to have to prep. I want to show up. 
And I like it being more intimate and personal. Like I love the fact that you do Twitter spaces and TikTok lives and Instagram lives. I love that aspect where it's spontaneous. If you have what, how long are they? 15, 30 minutes. Like they're not a huge chunk of time. You don't prepare because you do this for a living. Like you don't, you don't need to study anything about copywriting. Like you are a copywriter, right? You're a great copywriter. So I like that stuff where it's like more organic and less like presented and less co- talking like at people. I like talking with people. I like the fact that like on a Twitter space, people can come up and ask a question and share a dialogue. So I, I agree with you. That's cool. Yep. All right, let's hit the next one. Um, tips for agencies navigating Q4. So you've done one, two, three, four, five. This is your sixth Q4 with structure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're a vet by now. I've done, this is going to be my third, third four, no, fourth Q4. Third or fourth, yeah, that sounds about right. 2020, 2021, 22, and now 23. So this is going to be my fourth Q4. I'm curious. So like I said, you're a vet. You have a lot of people who are agencies or freelancers on your, your in your audience. Yeah. Do you have any tips for agency owners who are about to navigate some rough waters in, in Q4? Like anything that they should look out for, anything that they should know? Kind of going into it. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a couple. I think a few that stands out is like, I think it's always great to overstaff. And now, obviously, early October, maybe it's too late for that. Although I don't think so, but. I think trying to bring on a little bit extra help and a few extra resources is is really helpful and, and worth it. Um, I think two is like the expectations with yourself, with your team, and with your clients of like what are the expectations? You know, when are we online? How quickly can we turn things around? So I think like expect expectation setting. I also think like planning. Like hopefully at this point you've already planned like what's going to happen, and if you haven't, that you start ASAP, right? Like. If you plan, you can get ahead of it, plus the conversations and the preparedness. That's important. I think like going above and beyond for your team in this time uh, is really important because it's very stressful, especially as an agency or a freelancer. It is extremely stressful. Like the fate of a lot of these businesses are in your hands to some degree. So there's a lot of pressure. So I think like with your team, like if you can and you're willing, like get them like a, a meal card or something during these times, you know, send them food and drinks and water, make sure that they're getting sleep, um, you know, making sure that you're being reasonable with requests. So I think like those are the main things is like most people have their skill set. It's just the preparation and kind of the conversations and kind of the support that you need to have uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. And you kind of have to almost go into being like people's friend and therapist, for lack of a better word, just checking in on them because they're hard times. Like they're exhausting. You're not going to sleep. So, and at the end of the quarter, if all goes well, bonus your team, reward them, show your thankfulness and your gratitude. So those are kind of some, some of my initial thoughts. You have any? I was, I was going to ask as well about if you do anything with your pricing in Q4, because I mean, I remember working for you guys, like it's kind of like all bets are off, like volume for all of our clients, like triples. It, it max, like there's nothing yeah. that we don't. Like we're doing, especially on like, like the week of and the week before, and sometimes even the week after it's like, it's like two emails a day plus two resends. So we'll go like 9am, 12am, resend 3pm or sorry, not 12am, 9am, 12pm, 3pm, 6pm. We'll hit like every single day. Like it's crazy. It's a lot of content. Do you change the way that you bill clients if, if we're kind of just like doing everything? Yeah, I mean, dude, the 
to your point, like the frequency in a two week period is often the frequency of what you could send over a two month period, right? It's like condensed so quickly. So a lot of times like we will have like a Q4 bump. We'll have to obviously talk about it in Q3, let people know like where we're at and kind of, hey, if we send this many more emails, you're gonna make this much more money, right? So we kind of put together almost like a proposal and a plan of like, this is where we need to be. And granted, it's not a huge, it's not a huge thing for them. Like with seven to nine figure brands, charging them each a couple thousand dollars per month extra for, you know, three X the amount of work is fairly reasonable, right? Like they're gonna make out just fine and just okay. But instead of just jacking up your prices and not telling people and charging them, you need to get consent and sign off. So yeah, for a lot of clients, we will increase pricing by, you know, a couple thousand dollars, give or take, depending on where they're at already. We have legacy clients that, you know, we're paying a little bit less that, you know, in Q4, they kind of become even and whole with everyone else. And then after that, they kind of maintain their type of a thing, whereas everyone else kind of re- reduces back. So yeah, that's a great point. You know, do you have share? Uh, on email and SMS, historically, we haven't. There have been a few one-off cases where we have, but it's few and far between. On the paid side, there's a lot more of that performance kind of revenue sharing incentives. But on, on email, um, it's typically just a flat fee kind of retainer bump. Cool. It's all good to know, bro. It's all good to know. Um, again, yeah, like it's a little bit, some of this stuff might be a little late, like it might be a little late to charge um extra unless you're just going to do it only for november yeah um yeah this is all good information um all right last one email tips for q4 so um you and i collabed on a it, it was your project it was your your email marketing course back 2021 i contributed some content to that we worked on that it was great a lot of people have it so i borrowed some stuff from there obviously like hell yeah Hit us I, don't with- know selling it. I don't even know if you're still selling it but if people want to buy it i guess maybe they can just hit you up or something like that but, yeah if they want the q4 bfcm playbook that we put together i don't know two years ago that was refreshed and updated uh last year hit us up but if you hit us hit us up some fire okay so email tips so the the big one that that i remember the most is you have to change like your entire flow structure. Um, most of it is just like the the timing in between sends, but a lot of it is the messaging too, because the reason for people buying over Q4 is like really quick. Like everything that's happening is like an impulse purchase. And so I remember for some of my accounts, um, like me and my team, we would change like flows instead of happening like every single day where it'd be like day one day two day three for like an abandonment flow it would be like 10 minutes after they they abandon they get an email or like sometimes right away and then another 30 minutes and then another hour and then sometimes maybe two more after that where it's just like they will not have something in their cart for the whole day like they cannot sit on it because people are just price shopping so fast um that if you miss that opportunity then they're not going to buy it so you need to remind them like basically immediately and throw discounts and just like drive a ton of urgency instead of like doing the more nurturing approach where it's like in, in you know regular times it's maybe a little bit softer less aggressive where it's like hey like here's why you should buy this 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 it's way more like all right you need this right now like this discount's going away in in, in two hours like get it or else kind of thing would you agree with that yeah it's a great one and then you know leveraging the email and sms going back and forth like Email becomes more aggressive and more time sensitive 
SMS, like you're going to get them. They're going to open it, right? So I think like leveraging email and SMS, condensing the windows and what you're sending, like the abandonment ones is a great one. Like potentially even too, like for like the welcome series, if someone opts into your list, you know, during that week, like even shorten those, like instead of sending like four emails over like a week, a week and a half, maybe you send an email every day for the welcome series over four days, right? Like four emails over four days instead of four emails over a week and a half or two weeks, especially if the welcome series is updated and on brand for BFCM, right? So I think like with what you said too, is like making sure across the board, pop-ups, flyouts, emails, SMS, ads, website, everything is communicating the same deals. And there's like congruency. I think that's super important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything, yeah. And everything's just way more aggressive. Um, another one, um, warming up dead segments. So like from what I've seen, most brands will have like, I mean, a brand that's been around a couple of years, they might have like 250,000 email addresses and maybe on a regular basis, they're only hitting like 30 or 40,000, which is pretty common. Like let's say that's maybe purchasers and like engage 30 and maybe sometimes 60 sneaks in there, 60 day. Um, but for Q4, the goal, like if you have 250,000 leads or 250,000 people who have at one point in their life been, you know, cared enough about your thing to like give you their email, those are people that need to be hit. And so in October, those other people that aren't in your engaged 30 or 60 should be getting warmed up. And like, maybe you're sending emails, like, you know, for the founder, because that's another thing too. A lot of founder touches really humanizing your brand and making sure that people know there's a person on the other end. Um, just like talking to those people, telling them what's up, telling them that if they, if they want to get on these deals, then, you know, maybe incentivize them to click, be like, yo, here's a free thing that I just want you to have. Here's a, you know, click this and just get it. And then you get a bunch of click data from these people. And then they're sort of like bought in again. And then they're seeing you every day and it's not like annoying. Um, no matter what, you're going to have like, obviously a, a bunch of people turning and unsubscribing from your list, which is cool. Um, like that's the way it's kind of supposed to be in Q4. But um, yeah, especially like right now, honestly, like taking the time to go through those older segments and anybody who hasn't engaged in maybe six months or even a year and just like going plain text and just like trying to get them back on board. Yeah, 100%. And like with the founder emails, right? Like I know we're both big fans of leveraging plain text, right? Throwing the plain text email from the founder, making it feel more personal, potentially a better chance at inboxing. That's for sure. And in addition to what you said, like I know some of the stuff that we talked about in that thing we put together and kind of elsewhere is offer testing, right? Like in the weeks and month, you know, leading up to it, test different offers, whether it's like a flat percentage off, flat dollar off, you know, tiered percentage off or tiered dollar off free gift with purchase, free shipping, BOGOs, like a price change offer, right? Like there's just so many types of offer. Really trying to figure out the one or the ones that resonate with your audience the most is super important. So do that ASAP. That's funny. You don't have my notes for anybody who knows. You I, don't don't, have I do not have your notes. That was actually the third one that I had written down was creative discounts versus simple discounts. So I saw Marco from Kill Crew, who you know, I think he's a neighbor or close, close by. Hey, listen, OC, yeah. Yeah. Um, he said that, and by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, Kill Crew is a brand that does like mid to high eight figures at this point. They're everywhere. I can't, I can't go to a gym without seeing a pair of Kill Crew shorts. I see them on TikTok all the time. He's wearing it. Big brand. Um, they, Marco tweeted, he said something along the lines of like, don't confuse people with your discounts. 
and we used to do this a lot at Structured, and I did it with my agency too, where it's like, it's like spend a hundred dollars, get 10% off. Yeah, or, yeah, spend a hundred, get 10% off, spend 150, get 20% off, spend 250, get 30% off, or something like that. Obviously, that stuff works because you're getting people to raise their own AOV, which is what you want. So if you want to incentivize people to spend more money, then doing that will will do that. But it's also super confusing. Like putting that in an email, like we do that a lot where it's like, okay, then people have to like do math and figure out like what to put in their car when sometimes they just want the thing and they just want it. You know what I mean? They don't want to have to think too much about it. Um, So there's like, you kind of have, that's why you have to test. Like what you just said, where it's like, you have to go back and forth and think like, okay, do I want to just do straight 25% off? Or do I want to do straight $25 off? Or do I want to do a tiered discount? Or do I want to do like buy this, get that for free? Um, I think there's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of ways you can do this. I think you can have kind of everything. You can use like a mystery box approach where it's like, yo, this, you know, page on the website is going to generate something different for everybody. Click to see what yours is. And then they give you like some sort of dynamic discount code where it's like, randomly just pops out of a box like you get 15 percent off or you get bogo or you get this there's a bunch of ways to do it but yeah that's sick that's sick i think the last one i had or was thinking about when you kind of mentioned this to me was like like the segments that people want to hit i think one segment that people ignore and kind of forget about is the folks that purchase last bfcm right so like the last year's bfcm shoppers that that might be a segment where like they only ever come out from the woodworks during this period of time so make sure that you hit them Obviously, you've got things like your engaged segments uh, for subscribers and customers, folks that are kind of shopping or maybe we're going to shop around Halloween, right? A couple of weeks prior to when BFCM happens, uh, people that are buying specific products, your VIPs, like you've got all these segments at your disposal, leverage them, hit them, send them different content and personalize that based off of what you know about them. And hopefully, you know, at this point, a lot about them. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. Like, I think last year... I did a lot of like D2C BFCM shopping and I haven't bought anything from those brands since then. So honestly, if they hit me at the right time and I'm checking my email, then I will definitely, I will definitely pull the trigger. Um, Love it. Much. Buying gifts for everybody. Chase, I'm going to buy you 15 new white built hats because I haven't <laughs> seen you with those in a while. Heck yeah, man. Send my way. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Um, anything else? We all good here. All good, man. All things considered, given how we're both feeling about our health and feeling about the world, I think this was a good episode. So hopefully for a 20, 30 minute span, however long this was, people's spirits were semi-raised. And yeah, we're just thinking about everyone's thoughts and prayers. So thank you guys. Mason, appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Um, Hit us online if you have any questions. We're out. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.